Hi, I'm Jason Barger, and I'm a strange, pale, bald guy, also an author, speaker, consultant, founder of Step Back Leadership Consulting, and you are listening to The Slapcast. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Slapcast. This is Shannon Lee, your host. This is actually part two of two with our guest, Jason Barger, episode 32, where we're going to talk to him again and dive deeper into culture and how engagement relates to culture. Just a reminder, in just a few short days, he's going to be joining us on a sound stage with our two other speakers for Leadership Forum 2020. Our other speakers are LaShondra Baker of Cover My Meds and Elsie Johnson, founder of Zora's House. The three of them, plus myself, we're going to explore engagement. And man, I'll tell you what, Jonathan, there hasn't been a better time, I think, in history to be talking about engagement. And we're going to talk about how we can embrace what's going on in this moment in the world and how we can take what we're learning into the next moment. We're going to get vulnerable. We're going to get transparent. We might have our PJs on. I don't know. Uh, I have a sneaking suspicion that a lot of the Zoom calls everyone's doing right now, that they look really nice and put together on the top. They're, it's kind of like a mullet outfit, right? Where they're business on the top and party on the bottom right? Where you've got a suit jacket on and a tie, and then you've got your um, SpongeBob jammies on the bottom. So that's what I think is happening. Anyway, <laughs> we're going to dive into the second half of our interview with Jason Barger. So let's go. And, and I find that the barriers to the answer are several, mm-hmm. but one of them is we're afraid to actually articulate what we want because there's something that believes we can't have it. And so it's easier to not want the thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think Because if I don't want it there. and don't get it, then I didn't fail at it or I didn't, yeah. uh, you know, then I can't really, you know, feel a failure or feel the lack of it, which is not true. We, we, we need to say the thing that we want. And if it's our team and organization or individually, and in our brains are these amazing machines that actually move in the direction of our desires, Yep. but we've got to have enough belief to move in that direction and to like state it as an actual desire rather than pushing it down. And for me, at least when I hear you talk about setting culture and, and getting people getting clear, whether it's an organization or a team, getting clear on what they want. I get really curious about what keeps people from identifying what they want. And yep. for me, for years, it was just, it was more afraid of, well, what if I don't get what I want? So if I don't say it, then it's not real. Right. You know what I mean? Then I don't have to go out for it, yep. go after it. Yeah. Do you find that to be true with the folks you work with? Yeah. Well, I it's... A, it's powerful because, again, we get stuck individually and collectively. We get stuck looking in the rearview mirror. It's way easier to then point fingers about where we've just been or try to just repeat the same patterns of where we've just been and also then to sit there and say, well, I don't, I don't want this and to look backwards. 
and then, but the question that you're asking and the question that is the a good question is powerful is, well, what is it that you want? Mm-hmm. And so the process of leading change follows that this 6A pattern that we have to assess where are we, which means we have to be honest with ourselves where we are on the map, individually and collectively. What are we doing well? What are we not doing well, right? We need to align, which means we I have to have alignment around, well, what is it we're actually trying to accomplish? And we as a team, are we bought into what the real mission of this? But then we've got to be able to, to, to aspire, which means I have to be able to paint the vision for what is it we want to be different. If we can't, if we can't describe what we want to be different, then all we're going to do is repeat the same pattern. Yeah. So we have to be able to do that. And then we have to be able to articulate it, which means we have to tell that story. And then we've got to tie it to action, which means we have to actually show up and do something about it or else it's just a dream. And then we have to anchor it, which means that if we truly want that to happen, then it has to become the way we move and the habits we create every single day. And that's true for us as individuals. And that's true for us as teams and organizations. I love that articulate is fourth on your list and not first. Yeah, because we don't know yet. Because I, I, but... This is what happens, though. Yeah. We people may call it their vision, right? Here's my vision, and they articulate it. Yeah, and then they wonder why isn't anybody lined up around this vision? Yeah, they don't right. realize that alignment comes before that. That's right. So I love, that's right. and that stood out to me at your event, Thermostat Cultures Live. Yeah. So you started having this annual event. Was this last year, or the third year, or the fourth? Yeah, year? this was the this past November was the third year. The that's third right. Year. Yeah. And, and did the first one coincide with your book launch, or, uh, or no? I think it was a no. I think it was a year or so after the book came okay. out. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So what prompted you to have an event? I mean, you're a author, speaker, consultant, and then you decide I'm gonna have this event, at least for now, yeah. have this event every November. So yeah. What, yeah, yeah, what, yeah. Gave, what gave way to that? Uh, I'd li- love to believe it was some long, big strategic plan and <laughs> this amazing, you know, how this fits into everything. And frankly, the way that it began is I wanted to get a bunch of cool people in a room. That's, I like that. That's literally the way that it started is. And then I showed up two years ago and, and you, you could totally pick, you were able to check it. that box. Yeah, that's right. You showed up and the room just lit up. And now I don't even know whether we need to have it again. I don't again. know. I don't you know. I mean, you've, you've reached the apex with Shannon Lee in the audience. That's so. right. That's right. But that, that's honestly the way that it began is if this is about creating culture. And, and I knew from the beginning, I wasn't trying to create an event where like, uh, anybody that wants to come can come. I mean, no, nothing right. against that. Or, or let's try to fill a stadium. No, no, no. I was trying to create an intimate gathering of people that are actually in roles in organizations of leadership that have a great responsibility and privilege and opportunity to build culture and create it in a way that that is is authentic and compelling. And I just wanted to get a bunch of cool people in a room. And I wanted them to be across industries and different types of thinkers. And so, you know, you've seen in that room, you know, of a, of a group of less than 100 people in a room, but, but having people like, you know, uh, former president of Starbucks sitting next to an, you know, NBA number one draft pick next to a leader of a nonprofit next to a hospital executive, next to a sales director for I'm sorry, Jason, Ultimate Software. We're going to need you to name drop because I want everyone to know. <laughs> yeah. No, 
I've so thoroughly enjoyed all of the folks you've had because they've been amazing. They've been yeah. humble. They've been, they're not just great speakers. They, it wasn't no, like no, that no, at no, all. No, no, it's huh? like a conversation. I mean, they are, but yeah. But I, I would really love for you to share with folks who these people are. I know. Well, well, part of it is, yeah. So speakers, yes. But like what I'm, what I'm trying to, to paint also, and I will mention them because they are a, a huge part of, of the whole ecosystem of that event. Everybody who's in the room yeah. is amazing. I mean, you've got CEOs and executives, and but but again, across. So you have, you know, we had uh, you know CEO of a small social venture, but it's doing amazing work in the city of Columbus, sitting next to an executive on the senior leadership at Syracuse University, right? Sitting next to a hospital healthcare executive next to a professional athlete, next to an artist and musician. It's one of the most diverse, <laughs> as far as events go, it's one of the most diverse audiences I've ever been in. Yeah. Truly. And yeah. I've met some of the most interesting people there. And it is truly an amazing feat to get that kind of diversity in a room for really a whole day. Yeah. And, and, then, and then to add on to it, yes. So some of the people that have joined me as voices in speaking, I mean, you have Howard Bihar, the former president of Starbucks, who led with Starbucks from when, you know, nobody outside of Seattle knew who Starbucks was to 15,000 stores around the world. And so, and Howard is an amazing human. Yes, he is. Human um, and leader and, and just amazing mentor and friend to me. So somebody like him, uh, Jenny Britton Bauer, Jenny's Ice Cream, uh, Shane Battier, one of the most iconic Duke basketball players and then two-time NBA world champion, Greg Oden, number one draft pick at Ohio, out of Ohio State, an amazing story about his life and things out of his control and yet how he's taken control. Jessica Jackley, the, the, the founder of, co-founder of Kiva, you know, which has given out uh, over a billion dollars of microfinancing loans to people in impoverished countries around the world, helping entrepreneurs, you know, in, in countries, third world countries that are selling mangoes on a street corner and people <laughs> can invest in their business and help them. Um, you know, Govin Jayaraman, uh, a serial entrepreneur and, and, and the founder of Paper Napkin Wisdom. Uh, Stephanie Jackson, uh, you know, a generational uh, expert and guru. Uh, you, you know, just the, the, and I can go on and on and on of the people that have been um, a part of that. Cameron Mitchell was at uh, my event last year, and, and Cameron, you know, he was so amazing. Yeah, he, he's fantastic. Can I share? Yeah. something that came out. That it wasn't a anything planned. So after the way Thermostat Cultures Live is set up, is Jason and the guests basically have a conversation. Right. And it's very casual and informative. And and then the audience members, we get to ask questions yeah. of the guest. Yeah. And you. Like yeah, you yeah, and the guests right. are still interacting. And the woman behind me, after okay. Cameron Mitchell was done, she just wanted everyone in the room to know. I don't know if you remember this, that I believe it was both she and her husband used to work for Cameron Mitchell. Yeah, 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 yeah. One of them, I forget which one, um, had a cancer scare. Mm-hmm. This was not when they worked for Cameron Mitchell. This was two years after yeah, they left they Cameron Mitchell. Left. That's right. Cameron Mitchell found out about it and made sure that their family had hot food delivered to their house for, I think she said, 
two weeks or a month. I can't remember which. It was a it was a long. It was period a long of time. time. That's right. And she said, "I just want everyone in here to know that Cameron Mitchell treats people like family, whether they work for him still or not." Yeah. And I looked up there, and Cameron Mitchell's eyes were filling up with tears. And I don't know if anyone's ever really met Cameron Mitchell. He's like, he's a very shrewd businessman, very very smart. He's kind and he's tough. Mm-hmm. And you look up there and you see this tough guy up there and his eyes are just welling up with tears. He, he was virtually speechless. Yeah. That's not something he advertises and tells people. Yeah. And so that was just one of those, just a golden moment. No, it was, it was an amazing moment. And, and that's what I love about it is somebody like Cameron, who, who I have a great appreciation for and admiration for, is that he, the reason why he came to that event is because he understands and he connects like at a human level to this idea of creating culture. And he has done it not perfectly. He would be the first one to tell you that, yeah, every day is a challenge in creating a culture, but that that truly speaks to him, that that's that's what they've been trying to do is create a culture that cares for people Mm -hmm. and their people. And if they take care of their people, then their people will take care of the people that actually come into their restaurants. And if you noticed one thing that was fascinating about it is, you know, we talked for, he and I talked for an hour in this engaging, wonderful conversation about leadership and culture and all these things. And not one time did he ever mention food. Yeah. You're right. You know that? Yep. Not one time, <laughs> right? And so whether it's Howard at Starbucks or Jenny's at Jenny's Ice Cream or Shane Battier talking ba- about basketball or Greg Oden with basketball or Jessica Jackley in starting a what has become a known as a social enterprise unicorn mm-hmm. in the world, all of these people, but what they didn't talk about is the product they talked about the creation of the mission and how the culture was created with the people around them that made the mission successful. Yes. yes. And that is powerful. That's thermostat cultures. That's what it is. Essentially. That's right. I do want to shift gears here a little bit. Um, still on the theme of culture, yeah. of course. Yeah. We hear the word culture all the time. No doubt. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. It's actually used... Some might say it could be overused and that people don't really understand what it is. So yeah, according to course. Jason Barger, what does it really mean? Why does it even matter? Kind of give us your yeah. take on yeah. culture. No, I love it. I love it. So I agree with you. It is over, not overused, but we throw it around very loosely. Yeah. Everybody talks about how important it is to have a culture. Everybody talks about, yeah, what, what, what's with the culture? Everybody throws that around. But oftentimes, we again, we don't take the time to step back and define, well, what does culture even mean? Culture is shaped moment by moment every single day by the way we think, act, and interact. And it's dynamic, which means it's, it's always changing. So any place that says, well, we have a great culture, they're referring to yesterday. They're not talking about tomorrow. True. That's interesting. And so my wife and I have a wonderful culture, but the question isn't, have we had a wonderful culture? The, culture, the question is, what is the culture of our marriage going to be tomorrow and next year? and into the future. And we're the only ones that can help co-create that together. And so culture is dynamic. It's changing moment by moment, every single day, by the way we think, act, and interact. And so every uh, human being that comes together with others on the planet to accomplish anything that they can't on their own 
then there is an ecosystem that gets created, an environment, a culture that is created that's always changing moment by moment every single day. And so to the point of, does it matter? Well, either you believe that us just showing up and just randomly like, you know, it'll be what it is. And like, uh, it doesn't really matter as long as we just do whatever it is we do. If either you think that's going to make you better at what you do or the side that I fall on of studying it, but then also watching the most successful teams and organizations on the world, the ones that understand it's not just about what they do, but it's about how they do it how they're committed to selling that cup of coffee, how they're committed to being that basketball team, how they're committed to being that organization that impacts change in the world, how they show up and the culture they create every day by the way they think, act, and interact makes them more effective at whatever it is they do. And it makes the impact of whatever it is that they're trying to do in the world, or it deteriorates it. So the best in the world, I believe, they, they understand that it's, it's not a one and done, like it's a journey to continue to create it every single day, but they are on the journey to understand, well, what is it, the culture that they're trying to create tomorrow? Not just what did they get celebrated for yesterday? Have you ever worked with a company that just had truly awful culture? And what was it like consulting with an organization like that? Like, did they really dig in and want to make some changes or... Uh, I always get curious yeah, about that. Yeah, no, now you're asking some interesting questions. Uh, theoretically. Uh, yeah, theoretically. theoretically none of the, the <laughs> companies that I am currently working with would fall under this. Uh, no, um, I would say every no organization is perfect. And so, again, I think we it's easy for us to fall into a or want to label good, bad. And the reality is we're all on a continuum of growing. True. And we're all now have I seen organizations and certainly have I spoken in in companies that are say they want to do things but aren't actively pursuing it? Yeah, you see that. You see that um shaping a culture is not a drive-through experience. <laughs> and yet sometimes so it's easy to say what we want but it's another thing to say what we want and then want to show up each day and create it. Go after it, yeah. And so again, I don't say that with judgment because uh, everybody I think has the best of intentions or at least I choose to believe they do. But you definitely see there are organizations and there are leaders and there are leadership teams that make a conscious choice and commitment to saying, we're not perfect, but we are gonna go on the journey to shape the culture we want, not just it sounds like a good idea. Yeah. I, the way I like to think of it, it helps keep me out of judgment, is I think the ones that are aware of the impact of that intentionality, I think they probably start on that journey because it's undeniable yeah. what building a great culture can do for the organization. No doubt. Productivity, engagement, et cetera. I like to think of others who don't, aren't intentional as not being intentional, not being intentionally negative, but rather they're just asleep to the benefits of culture. They don't fully recognize, they're not fully aware, kind of like 
how I was describing myself earlier. Yeah. When I didn't even know of this other paradigm, mm-hmm. this other awareness. But once I was aware, I was able to make a different choice. I knew better. I did better. Yeah. So I kind of think of it that way. I just I was just curious. Um, we two partner not in the same way. Yeah. Um, we partner specifically over train learning and development needs, and yep. you know, every once in a while, you do meet folks who, um, who might talk a super duper culture game, but what's actually happening behind the walls is there's nothing happening in the day to day that actually fosters what's on the posters. And and you said this even at Thermostat Cultures that we've got our vision and our mission on posters, but we've got our culture on our posters, but are our posters in us, are we living yep. that? And and sometimes when I see that, um, that kind of contrast where, yay, we're this, this is how we hire people, we tell people we do all this cool stuff and then our people start and we don't have that same experience with the organization. Um, it's unfortunate, but I still believe that when organizations know better, they do better, and it's a process. So. Yeah, and, 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 and again, every organization has a culture, so if that's the culture is it's just on the poster and we say yeah, it during that's it. orientation <laughs> and then people get in and experience, then that's the culture, and yeah. that will be the culture they experience is they'll get in 24 days and, they're, and they'll realize like, oh, shoot, this isn't what they said, right? And in a world of choices... People will go other places. We live and in a world do. of choices. And so culture, mm-hmm. the, way I, the way I talk about it is culture is your competitive advantage. And so you, can't, you can try to smoke and mirrors that for a while, that saying this is what your culture is. But then when people experience it, they'll experience something different. And then they'll, the market will dictate. They'll choose, do I want to stay there or will I go somewhere else? Just the way that we all choose where we go to dinner or where we get our coffee or where we work out or where we, you know, fill in the plank, where you go to church, like it all, like the market will dictate. And so the idea that um, culture isn't important is like mind boggling to me, but sometimes people uh, in teams and organizations have this idea that, yeah, well, culture is it's important and we talk about it and, and every year at our annual meeting, we'll talk about it and we'll talk about, they say, well, culture is every day, mm-hmm. every moment of every day anchored within the ecosystem of our people and how we show up to do the work that we do. Well, that's a great segue because you're speaking for us in, in just a month here. Yeah. <clears throat> Pardon me. You're speaking for us on April 29th at Leadership Forum. Yeah. And it's the theme this year is leading engagement. Mm. And I wanted to talk to you about why engagement is important to culture. And you've already mentioned one way. I mean, right? Yeah. In, in, in a way, it's the antithesis example, meaning if people don't experience, if the culture they're experiencing is not in alignment with what they want, ultimately they'll make a choice and maybe yeah. leave the organization. So that's the ultimate act of disengagement, right? Yeah, no <laughs> they, doubt. They leave. Um, but what are some other ways that that you can describe for us that engagement is important to culture or vice versa, how culture impacts engagement? Yeah, so I just, I, I, I believe this has always been the case, but I believe it's becoming heightened. If my mind and heart aren't engaged in what I'm doing, then I'm going to go find other places where it will be. Yeah. Right? And so uh, no longer, and, and, 
certain different generations get, you know, beat up about how they think about things and, and we all judge which generation thinks about things the best and all that. And of course, everybody, everybody thinks about it slightly differently, but also the generations have been repeating patterns for years. But one of the questions that's a good one to ask is, is if I have choices, why wouldn't I go where my mind is engaged and my heart is engaged? Right. And that's a good question. And that people are asking the question is, I don't just want a job, meaning just a paycheck and just check the box. And although some days we may feel like that, the reality is <laughs> at our deepest core, we actually want to be engaged in something greater than ourselves. And we want to be a part of something that is bringing out the best in us. And we feel like we are co contributing to the creation of something bigger than me and, a, and that I am a participant in the creation of the culture. And so no long, I'll talk a little bit about this in April, is no longer is it okay just to attend. Like, we don't want that. And I'll, I'll share research and studies and examples that have showed us that, like, we don't just want to attend. That's like a certificate of attendance isn't good enough anymore. <laughs> we actually want to be engaged. And if we aren't engaged, we'll go somewhere else. Yeah. And we'll find different ways to do it. So the most innovative leaders and teams and organizations in the world are the ones that realize I need to captivate the mind and heart of my people, not just to get them to check the box and do some job or some tasks, but to be a part of what are we trying to do that's compelling in the world. And if we can't tell that story and we can't create an environment that helps people like it doesn't, I mean, we all know we have hard days and challenging days and sometimes days where we got to do stuff we're not totally excited about doing. But if more times than not, we can't rally each other around something greater than us, then the reality is we'll go do it somewhere else. Yeah. Absolutely. So we have to engage. So thinking about leadership, Yeah. Um, what trends are you noticing right now? in leadership in the world? Uh, some of which is some of the stuff we've already, we've already talked about, but I would say this is uh, the, one of the trends is, will we take the time? Will we buy into the myth that the faster I run, and so I can't take the time to engage my, uh, I know there are organizations right now that if somebody is, uh, an employee is exhibiting behaviors that where it shows that they're not engaged, our first reaction is, oh, well, then let's get them out of here. Right. <laughs> rather than thinking about, well, maybe there's some responsibility and ownership on our part of, are we engaging our people? Are we truly bringing out the best in them? Are we creating an environment that helps them come to life? Now, of course, there's always employees and people that it's not the right fit. But oftentimes, it's not as simple as just, you're not engaged, so you're out of here. So... Some of the trends in leadership right now are, am I going to actually slow myself down enough to get out of the old pattern of just do, 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 and be intentional about saying, well, what is it we're trying to create together? Am I going to actually exhibit the skills of leadership in a world today that isn't top-down style of leadership, mm -hmm. but is participatory and collaborative? And how do I then mobilize people to be an ambassador for our culture and oh by the way develop them as a human along the way that's uh 
either we're going to fall into a research will show that either we're going to fall into one pattern, which is no, no, no. I just, the old model of, I tell you what to do and you got to fall in line. And if not, then you're not the right person. Or I see it as an opportunity to bring out the best in you. And it's my role as a leader to engage you, to serve you and develop you and bring you into the creation of this culture. Yeah. I choose B. Yeah, I choose B. Choose it every time, and I, and I and I we could lay out all these different examples of of where that's what's winning. And that's people what's will say, working. "Well, that takes more time." And I go, "Yes," yeah. and people are worth it. I mean, we're it, to me, it goes back to the value that this is human capital here. This isn't dollars and cents. Yeah, I think it creates that, but there's a human being on the other end of this, yeah. right? And that we value them above the task. We value them above even the bottom line. Jason, thank you so much for joining us on this two-part series with you on the Slapcast. The best way to reach Jason, several ways actually, you can find him on all of the social media channels at at Jason V, that's V as in Victor Barger, at Jason V Barger. His website is jasonvbarger.com and on his new podcast, which call, which is called the Thermostat Podcast, obviously. It's called the Thermostat why can't I talk? The Thermostat Podcast with Jason Barger. Leave that in. I don't care. As a quick reminder, Leadership Forum is coming up on April 29th, live, virtual, highly interactive event. You're going to be able to interact through chat and asking questions of the speakers, and they're going to ask you questions and invite you to have conversations with one another. Reminder, whatever you heard during the podcast, if we mentioned Leadership Forum at Exchange at Bridge Park at a physical address, that is not taking place. It's a live virtual event. We're in Ohio, folks, and we have a stay-at-home order. We're not allowed to have the event there, and it's okay. We don't want to because we believe in flattening the curve. Reminder, it's a free event, and by signing up, you'll get on the list to receive that special link to join the simulcast. You won't want to miss it. Once again, thank you, Jason, and until next time.